Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. smell something put that cookie down hello and welcome to the, this the very first episode of the mighty motion picture rangers i'm shane i'm john star and i'm josh and we here we are filmmakers oh that was my line <laughs> that I was your line fucked it we, fucked it. we wrote we wrote a script in there we're filmmakers we're fans and we're first guys can you believe this this is a podcast about movies and tv and the market what? is just right. screaming out for a podcast I've, about I've movies never and tv heard of yeah we uh, i mean like before. no one's Brand ever new. done it right no, we're like not even like sitting right next to someone who Who's doing one of those? Uh, yeah, yeah jokes We're not even the first podcast in this network to <laughs> to to be about movies, but not even what, the first podcast in this room. But we are different. We're special snowflakes. Okay? We're just special snowflakes. Yeah, well, what special. we what we lack in originality, we will make up for with our lack of originality. We'll be like <laughs> we'll just like roll every cliche into one, so that like everyone, you know, it's just. You get all your cliches in one podcast. Who needs to listen to the other 394 movie podcasts? Do you know? That, that is smart. That is that mm. is a market. Just take over. What's it called when you... Uh, Monopoly. Monopoly, yeah. The game. That game that causes so many arguments and fights. Good times. Uh, well, anyway, so this podcast is going to be... Well, I'll let Josh start off. Oh, yeah. We're, um, we're looking at movies and television on a wide range of topics spanning... You know, criticism, trivia, history, and all that jazz, you know. You know about how we're uh, pairing up with our experience of ground floor of filmmaking and coming at these talks as both huge fans of movies and television and as creators ourselves. That's right. There's no topic too big or too small or taboo. We'll be having guests and stuff on later on down the track and um, our second segment is a work in progress. We're going to have some maybe some creative pictures things, tell a bit of story time from... Because all three of us here have have done films. I think Josh and Chance are both in film school at the moment. Uh, I mean, I, I've almost finished. Almost, yeah. Finished. We're I'm like close. a month away. You're close. Um, you're you're I, longer than me, though. You've I, got like two, three months. Shut <laughs> up. You're, you're only like one semester behind each yeah. other. I, yeah. I finished filmmaking way back in 2011. Just film school. Sorry, finished film school. Finished film school in back in 2011. Mm. I've made the jump to feature filmmaking. Not that anyone watched my feature film. Hey, um, it got into. A festival. A theatre. A single festival <laughs> and had to beg people to come. Uh, it's embarrassing. But, yes, yeah, so we're, we're going to be using the second segment of this. So it's breaking it down into two parts. The first part is like a discussion, a main topic, something cool, something controversial with a clickbaity title. And then the second half will be, you know, because clickbait, clickbait gets people rocking clickbait, up. It works for cracks. It cracked, works. And they it know it and they make fun of it every oh, time. Yeah. So we'll just, we just as long as we're self-referential, like we're like yeah. cool and hips. We're self-aware of how cliche we are, but we still engage. Postmodernism and all yes. that. Yeah. Postmodernism. <laughs> um, so I guess we should go with some proper introductions. Um, we kind of already did that a little bit, but so I'm Shane. I've done filmmaking for 
I want to say uh, since I was 14, I made like one little short film and it was, we won the Audience Choice Award at the, uh, oh, I can't even remember what it's called, but we won the Audience Choice Award and I got the little envelope. I still have the little envelope that says Audience Choice. With, it was with a movie called Revenge of the Medieval Zombies 3, which is the third movie in a series that, that the other two movies did not exist. Um, and I won that award and I was like, okay, I know exactly what I want to do with the rest of my life. And then it's been a lot, a big struggle since then. Were you then. in high school in 14? Have I seen this film? No, you have not seen that film. Oh, I make a point now. of never showing anyone this film because it's bad won, and I'm in it. You won Audience Choice Award, man. That yeah, you got to show but it. But apparently it was because, because I didn't actually go to the festival because I was at another thing, but um, my mum who, I, she, I, sent, I sent my mother to the film festival and she went there and apparently like all the other films were these artsy ones about like killing Jesus and ours was just this really dumb, like intentionally... <laughs> intentionally like z grade thing with like dodgy effects so, like someone like jumps over and we do like bad cuts and things it's just zombies attacking kids and then we do the pull out and it turns out they were just playing a video game the whole time it's genuinely classic switcheroo <laughs> it's oh, genuinely awful on. and what happened one of our actresses got injured in the middle of it and she um uh i have replaced her halfway through the movie and so this is why no one oh, sees it because no, i'm no, in I it i need to see no, this now can you show so us like, I was okay a special so private I'll, screening I'll, I'll bring i'll find it and i'll, I'll bring it up it's really yeah. dodgy though it's me when i was like a little overweight so i'm like double chin to me and everything as well so it's 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 quite embarrassing but yes i since went to film school i made a bunch of equally awful short films in film school and then I graduated film school. I tried to make a feature. It went like the Hindenburg. Then I went and made another feature, <laughs> and we got we finished that one. We finished that one. So it's a work in progress, and and that leads to now, sort of. And so I'm making a podcast because that's what you do when you're <laughs> super successful with your filmmaking careers. <laughs> Actually, like most most podcasts I listen to about filmmaking are by professional filmmakers. So they are. people with yeah. like who work with famous people and stuff. Yeah. Like. We have, or we have critics. I I met Reba McIntyre once. That's my big I'm no, I'm I'm no, I'm I'm related to Steven Spielberg. Actually, this is this is a true fact. Like my seventh cousin is the, <laughs> is the Barrymore who's been related to my seventh cousin is Drew Barrymore and her godfather is Steven Spielberg. So I am related to filmmaking royalty. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's. Uh, I guess I'm just trapped. Several degrees of separation into becoming famous. Good work. It's it's enough. It's, 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 it doesn't everyone like have a claim to the throne? You know, these days, like everyone in Australia has a claim to the throne. Anyway, Chancellor, tell us about uh, yeah, yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm Chancellor. Hi, guys. Uh, Hi, Chancellor. Um, yeah, I've been uh, probably. I probably started filmmaking after that, but I was acting before. I, I was always into acting beforehand, and that that was like my main focus growing up. And I, I don't know wandered over because I because I met you in high school in year yeah. eight, and we just talked about movies nonstop. Oh, yeah. Everyone All else talked time. about. Everyone had like friends and social lives. Ugh, and we just gross. Like, yeah, ew. We just did movies and TV shows. We got along Good like a house on fire. Yes, yeah. homeroom. Oh man, that oh man, that is bringing back. Memories. Man, it's 10 years ago. I mean, since it's more than fit. 10 years, isn't it? No, well, it's 10 years next year. And our, our homeroom teacher would call you Shantstar. Because everyone, Shantstar has an odd name. We, we will what? acknowledge since that elephant when? in the room. No. C-H-A-R-N-S-T-A-R. It's a very common name. It's a very Googleable name. That too. is true. Like, I... if you type that into Google, he will come up. He's every sort a lot of people uh, calling you Chanster. Yeah, I get that a lot from Americans. Because they, 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 yeah. Americans have a hard R. So they can't say Chan, they say Charn, and that's too many noises, so they just go Chan. And mm. Yeah, pretty much um, I have a weird name. I guess that's my niche. <laughs> hey! Uh, but yeah, no, uh, acting. Did that for ages, and I don't know, I guess I 
wasn't good enough or not getting enough work. So I was like, oh, do the whole filmmaking thing. And because I've always been a fan of film and I'm a huge fan of uh, filmmakers like Peter Jackson, like Sam Raimi, who started mm. off doing very budget, small budget, things. Budget, yeah. budget, yeah. No budget. Yeah, no um, uh, yeah I, I learned from them and I really embraced that low budget mentality. And even today, I still love a lot of the things I'm going to talk about today. Two of them are massive. You've, had, you've had some pretty like you were on you were on Pirates of the Caribbean, the latest one. Yeah, I, you're I, on screen like eight times, center of screen for like two shots. It's nuts. <laughs> Waving at camera is really weird. Took yeah. me out of the movie. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, man, who's that one pirate <laughs> waving at me? Yeah, I, I decided to just screw up that whole production. I guess just because I was like, I, no, there was a guy, there, a man. It was annoying because they like we we. We were extras. We were right in front of camera, and they're like, "All right, Jeffrey's going to come in, and you guys just fuck off. You fuck off out of shot. We don't want to see you." So we were like, "Looking." Jeffrey comes. We're like, "Oh, fucking off, fucking off!" And then he just stops right behind Jeffrey's shoulder. And I was like, "Because like we were kind of like pushing back because something we were scary. We were looking at. I don't know. I don't remember the day. I saw the movie. I still don't know what it was." Yeah, probably. Javier Bardem guts on the ship. Probably. But yeah, so we back up, back up, and then he just stops right behind Jeffrey's shoulder. And because I'm like pushing him back, I'm like, oh, we not, we're not, okay, I guess we're just, just hanging out behind Jeffrey Rush's shoulder. So you will see a shot in the movie where these two pirates are just like peeking over. Uh, that's but me. I remember, I remember we, went, we went to watch it and we're like, okay, we're going to look for Chancellor and he's going to be like way in the background. And like your first shot, it's like this big buffet dinner table and you're like, the opening of this tracking shot is you. And we're like, oh my God, it's Chancellor. And right after camera looked past me, I ended up eating my mustache. It was really great time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's, that's me. That's okay, really. Josh, how about you? Oh, look. So I am uh, the youngest of the bunch. Baby. I ought to... Yeah, sure. Six you're years the baby. You're the, you're yeah. the baby. Yeah, sure. The group. We're, we're old. Yeah. Oh, no. I said we're Mid, old. Wait, no, we're the majority. Uh, so we're majority. normal. You're we're the young. silent majority. <laughs> 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 no, um, I too started and always loved film when I was really young, made um, shitty films uh, and also acted in them when I was like 12. And like Didn't any Australian... <laughs> Yeah, like any strain, <laughs> yeah, did some shitty horror movies where he really pushed the boundaries and I put the tomato sauce bottle right in the shot and then oh my incorporated God. it in the, in the shot. Tomato sauce blood. Has, have all of us used tomato sauce blood? Uh, no, I use raspberry sauce. Oh, really? Does yeah. it look better? Tomato sauce looks You so traitor. <laughs> ra- ra- the raspberry sauce has that like sticky nature to it, whereas I don't And then think... it doesn't wash off. Yeah, I know. The bathrooms yeah. in the art block oh. got covered in raspberry sauce. Oh, this was for your you mirror menace. one? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, you can actually find this movie on youtube chances like a ghost in a mirror and it's... have i not deleted it yet no i don't think Jesus, you have and green eggs and ham no green eggs and ham i don't think yeah green eggs and ham i think is still mm. on there because i'm proud and, of that an illegal know. adaptation of a dr seuss property yeah uh, is dr seuss in uh dr. public seuss? domain yet no he's not no. damn it Definitely. Not. I, was, I was little. hoping most of agatha christie is not in, in really? public domain yes oh wow anyway josh yes um and then my love of film transitioned to me studying film at the same uni that Chancellor is at. And then Please. we became fast friends and done films together. I've done a couple of, you know, short, worked on a bunch of short films, like too many. You, you worked on every short film. Yeah. You were just like fingering every pie. Yeah. I, I heard fingering every <laughs> so pie. And I'm I. like, oh no. Whereas After I'd said it, I, I was really like, marred oh. every pie. <laughs> For nine minutes <laughs> long, nine minute unbroken take. Um, and that's how I met Josh. I met Josh through Chancellor on yeah. 
Oh, what film was it? it was Probably L Plates. It was L Plates. It was L Plates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but he talked about Josh. He was like, Josh was reading this book that I was reading, and it was like, yeah, uh, like a Johnson and I Adams. bonded over Dirk Gently. Yeah, Douglas Adams in general. When we when you were like, oh man, do you read the books? And I brought the second book out of yeah. my bag, and, and you were like, we had the same copy. At the yeah, same, same, same copy as well. Good yeah, times. Good times. Okay, well, that's that's yeah. you get to know us. So if you don't like us, you can bugger off. And if you do like us, you can keep keep listening. I don't know. They can still listen. All learn to love us. We were forced. We were forced. It's like a Stockholm syndrome. You just <laughs> spend yeah. enough time with us and you will love us. Mm. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to start every episode with a segment we like to call What Have You Been Watching? And it does what it says on the tin. We're going to talk about what we've watched over the last couple, last week between podcasts. So... Uh, uh, the last podcast was never. Well, look, so it was never. So we just we talk about our infinite, everything we've watched our whole lives. So when I was four years now. old, I watched it. <laughs> watch, watch the, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do the last week. So, Chanster, what have you been watching? Oh, God, I am... Well, uh... I, I started watching Angie Tribeca, the TV show, series. Show. Oh, right. so good. I can't believe it took me so long to get into it, but I've got into it. It's okay, okay guys. You can stop worrying Every about me. Every minute there is a pun on that show. It is just Every like five seconds mm. there's a pun on that show. There is no breathing room between puns. It is amazing. It's like the Naked Gun if it was a TV show again. Uh, it started <laughs> off as a TV show, was obviously. It co- cop? Was uh, it? It's like Files of the Police, police Squad. Squad. Police, police Squad. Yeah, it was Police Squad exclamation. Oh, yeah, because Naked all. Gun was called Naked Gun, Gun the Files, files of the, the police, police Squad. squad. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember things. Um, so, yeah, started Angie Tribeca. That's uh, really good. Uh, I rewatched Hairspray for the first time. The in musical about, or the John Waters one? Uh, the musical. Um, I haven't watched the John Waters one since I bought it on DVD the last time I watched the musical as well. And I do love the John Waters one, uh, but I really love the musical. The musical is very John Waters. I mean, it's watered down John Waters, but it's still... Watered uh, John Waters. Yes, watered John John Waters. Uh, But every time I watch that film, there's like a little joke that I never noticed before. The one that always gets me now is the um, during the... Welcome to the '60s number. They see you just you just see a close up of a champagne glass, flute, and a cigarette, and they're like, "Oh, how glamorous!" And then it cuts to the reverse, and it's two pregnant women. That is such a John Waters joke. I just love it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the only other thing I watched was oh wait, no, I watched Road Trip. Chanel hadn't seen Road Trip. Which one's Road Trip? Oh. Road Trip's the uh, one Breck and Meyer. The comedy one? Or yeah, like yeah. Okay. The one that, yeah. And then they did Euro Trip, but they're not related. But no, but I they, don't think I've seen Road Trip. Road, it was like this wave of Road Trip style movies that started with Road Trip and I think ended with Euro Trip. I think there were only two. Were they trying um, to emulate Vacation Series? Yeah, almost? that was yeah. pretty much what it was. Yeah. Um, it, it's not bad. Um, but uh, yeah, and then we watched uh, Blade of the Immortal, but I'll let you get into that okay. because... Yes, I've already know. spoken too much. Go, Josh. <laughs> Go, me. Oh, um, So I watched the Andy Kaufman, like, Jim Carrey doco. Um, nice. The one on Netflix. Yes. Uh, um, very interesting. It kind of delves into why Jim Carrey is the way he is nowadays. And oh, oh, it actually does. It, it, Wait, kind, so it kind of does. Like, it touches it, on... That movie was, like, 15, 16 years ago. Did it take this long no, for it to affect him? Was, no, no, wasn't no, no, it no. that Jim Carrey sat on the footage and didn't want it released until just it, now? Um... It was kind of like, yeah, he was sitting on the footage for a while, but um, it discusses how he has actually been depressed since that movie yeah. and even through Internal Sunshine was what was mine. Like the director came up to him and he's like, you are broken. He's, and he's like, we're filming a year later. Stay broken. I don't want you to be fixed. <laughs> oh my and then God. Jim's like uh. talking about it in the interview and it's just like, like our business is really is that fucked. Why, is his depression why he decided to make Mr. Popper's Penguins? 
That yeah. makes so much yeah. sense it's now. A, oh. yeah, and the number 23. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it really goes in detail. I like It has um, Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman in character talking to Andy's family. And like, oh my god! Jeez. And and it also goes through him with like the wrestler aspect of it, like Jerry Lawler, and like how he's like actually antagonizing him on set in character. Like oh. he never broke, and he would be either like Jim he, Carrey never broke. No, he would never be Jim. He would either be Andy or Tony Clifton, and that's it. And oh like there would be separate entities. I still haven't like, actually seen Man on the Moon. Oh, I'll be honest. How have you not, man? I've been telling I, you it's that on the since, list since, like, to watch. Year 10, I feel like I've is it is it like a happy movie? It's not a happy movie. No. Is it? Uh, do you no. know the story of Andy Kaufman? Vaguely, I, I had it explained. So I like I find I need to be in a certain mood to watch movies because depressing ones like you need to like or you need to follow it up with like a comedy or something. I, yeah. I don't know which one I recommend watching first because like, I feel like they're both so fascinating. But yeah, the Docker like really, really dived into like Jim Carrey's psyche, like psyche, like it's insane. Um, and the other series I watched was The Punisher. Ah, oh, The Punisher. <laughs> the Punisher. Um, I've heard pretty good things about it. I, mm-hmm. I, I quit watching halfway through Daredevil season two, which is yeah. probably not a good thing to admit. But um, I feel no, like- we all saw Daredevil season two. You're you're. You but survived. Everyone raved about it, and I'm sitting oh, there. I'm God. like, you know, it's that scene in Zoolander. It's like, I feel like I'm on crazy pills here. <laughs> it's the same look, you know. But no, no, sorry. How, how is it? Uh, it well, it's the most detached series um, from any Marvel property. There's no mention of the incident, oh, i.e., the Battle of New York, I'm and there. like the biggest thing, the aliens. Um, there's no mention really of any of the other characters besides. Oh, um, not even Daredevil. Like he talks. Wait, Daredevil Karen. isn't. I mean, because uh, Karen Page, I know. Karen, is in he talks show. to Karen Page. They don't, they don't even mention Daredevil. Or but does it work it. like if Karen, pa- like if Daredevil didn't exist, the story would still make sense with Karen Page rocking up in his story? Kind of. It would be like kind of like we're introduced in the middle of a story instead oh. of being like we There's know TV the backstory. Which... Yeah, it's like we, you know, that thing where we're like introduced to a situation instead of like the backstory. Like it's it's kind of like that. Um, yes, and the action, like the men, like. It's um, good. Yeah, okay. I, I enjoyed it. I don't know about you because you had some thoughts about the characterization of the Punisher in I Daredevil. Think I, I found in Daredevil, I found I just got really livid with the fact that he's meant to be this silent, stoic, and they did a relatively good job during his first introduction. And then there's this episode, and it's I think it's the episode I quit on third or fourth, mm. and he sits down and has this never-ending monologue. I'm like, this is a guy who's supposed to be traumatized. Traumatized people do not monologue in, like, really articulated, albeit really trite things about the horrors of war and how it affects a man and this, like, phone, like, this fashionable nihilism that's going around Holy at the moment. shit. He should have done it like Rambo. You've seen First yeah. Blood? Dude. No, yes. I have not yet. Oh, that's, dude. That's, dude. The, dude. that's the way to... My 80s... Uh, that's the way to do it. This yeah, like him come, being antagonized. Like he's he's left New York. He's in some remote town, and he's being antagonized by a cop. Like, yeah, yeah. It, oh, yeah. holy shit! They like right. should have gone full Rambo with that because yeah, uh, for the end of First Blood is a very because it, it blew my mind when I first saw it because I always had this picture in my head of what Rambo is, and it was like, oh, that's what Rambo is. Okay, and then I saw First Blood. And it is it is like a hard hitting drama. It is? Yeah, at the mm. end I was like it's on Netflix at the moment, isn't it? I need to watch it. No idea. Do it. 
it is. Okay. It is. I can just. It's on you. the list. And I can then, let you borrow it because I have all of them. Yeah, I've, I've got all. Of them. Oh, I don't have the fourth one. The new one, the one that everyone. Yeah. didn't everyone hate that? No, one? I thought everyone liked the fourth one. No, they didn't like three. Yeah, three my, my, is terrible because mm. three, four, as I understand, goes full blown crazy, whereas three doesn't go crazy enough. Because mm. like the first one is a legitimately amazing movie, and the second one's like, like why is this? Own, why? Totally. Why did you make a sequel? My and only the third reference. one's like, how does this keep going? And then the fourth one, you're like, okay, they just leaning straight into this. Okay, cool. My only reference for Rambo is Hot Shots Part Do. Have you uh, seen that? That is Rambo Two. If that's that's, that's not that's not first blood. Yeah, but like it's, that's my only reference to Rambo as totally, a character is a totally, parody of it starring actually, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, and no, it's a bit same. where they they count the body count like <laughs> think, on screen. All right, I think this is an easy analogy to check. Um, Rambo, like first blood, is basically alien to aliens. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, okay. or Terminator to Terminator 2. It's like yeah. something oh, in that vein wow. where okay. it's like almost completely like flips on its head. It, it's completely different genre. Shall move it to the top of the list? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Who directed it? Uh, what have you been watching, Shane? <laughs> what have I been watching? I have been watching quite a bit, actually. I was like keeping a log of it and I'm like, oh, damn, I, I watch quite a lot. Um, as far as TV show goes, I just finished season three of Will and Grace. Uh, I never watched that show all the way through. I'd seen like, hand, like single episodes here and there and then the new series came out and I'm like, oh, I should probably watch it all the way through i'm sitting watching it it holds up like a like some references are just like go nowhere because it's some pop culture thing that died in the 90s but the jokes and the punchlines are really solid especially for like the really it's i mean it's the most stereotypical sitcom people enter in the doors the doors slamming punchline this like like the formula is very there but the execution of it is just really good and the characters are sort of you 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 don't necessarily want to see them grow you just want to see them do the same kind of jokes over and over again but i'm really mm. liking that um i finished off the mindy project finally finished hey, the final hey. season and it was mixed like i haven't yeah, i don't think the show's been punching at what it should have been punching for like last three seasons because ever since it moved to hulu they just they the plotting with her romantic entanglements became a centerpiece of the show as opposed to a side plot right, of the show, okay. and it just is really inconsistent. But the punchlines there, the characters are there, and they wrapped it up nice enough. So I'm like, I'm glad I stuck with it. But it it wasn't. It's one of those shows that hit its peak and then kept going. So, um, are there any shows uh, that like hit their peak and then finish? Uh, yes, The Good Wife. Oh. The Good Wife is, in, in my mind, one of the greatest shows ever made. Um, Still need to watch it, but it's on Stand Right. Uh, yes, it's, yeah, all it's on, on it's, oh, no, it's on it's on Netflix too, oh. all, all seven seasons. And then the, the spin-off series is just as good. And like you'd never think a spin-off series would be good, but it, it works. Um, but yeah, so I've been watching, uh, there's also this show called Great News from one of the producers of 30 Rock. And it's just basically uh-huh. that same kind of like office place comedy, but oh, right. like um, a cable news thing. And it's got the guy, uh, you know, in Fired Up, and he's the he's one of the ju- he's one of the judges. I just want to say oh, that uh, yeah, yeah, yes, where yeah. hardly anyone knows fired oh, up, fired and it's it's going to be like you say that, and we're, we're us two. We're like, oh yeah, yeah, no, fired, yeah, fired up, tell us more. Everyone well, listening will be like, what the? That fuck might is fired key into up? our topic of this movie, but hey. you know, he plays he plays like the, the head of the news. It's got Nicole Richie, and she can actually do a good job. Okay. Like, <laughs> and, and if anyone who doesn't know who Nicole Richie is, she was like Paris Hilton's best friend on that really trashy reality show they did, and yet she's actually really funny in this. And it's just basically like a workplace comedy about people running a cable news, and it's funny as hell. It's that same absurdist thirty rock star because one of the, the, the showrunners she's. She was. She worked on Thirty Rock, like exclusively. And Tina Fey rocks up as a character in oh, uh, the great sure. news. It's really yeah. good. It's a really funny show. The first couple of episodes are rough, but when it hits its 
groove. It really hits its groove and just it's funny. It's a really consistently good show. Um, and I've been watching Dinner for Five. Has, does anyone know? I already know that show. Oh, my God. No. It's a non-fiction show. John Favreau, um, the director of, of – if anyone doesn't know, director Elf. of Iron Man and Iron Man <laughs> Elf, 2 yeah. and Elf and um, uh, The Jungle Book and – he – it was just a show he did in the 90s, ran for four seasons and it just – he goes to like various restaurants around LA and occasionally New York and he invites five other people, mostly filmmakers or actors but occasionally like a musician Wait, or a stand-up comedian. I think I saw one. A lot of them are on YouTube. Yeah, it was like one with Stanley in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he just gets them down, they eat dinner and they talk and they t- sometimes talk shop but they got like the cameras to film them from at a distance and so the ca- conversation's super casual and it's really fascinating. I just watched an episode with Peter Bogdanovich, the director, and he's on – and he was talking about – because Peter Bogdanovich like lived with Orson Welles briefly for a bit and he talked to Alfred Hitchcock and he does like a, a spot-on impression of both of those guys. <laughs> it's nuts. But that's a really cool show and I'm sort of on season two at the moment. It's really, really fun. But Sweet. Um, where, where, where did you find that? Is that on... A lot of it's on YouTube. Like, yeah, okay, cool. like, so um, They have DVDs and stuff as well. But so it's basically like early director's roundtable? Like, yeah, it's yeah. these roundtables, but it's mm. so much less badly... like the, the, the <laughs> Staged. Yeah, yeah, staged, yeah. 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 And, and the moderator is John Favreau who's just there chumming it up with them, so it's really yep. good. As far as movies go, I saw Blade of the Immortal with Chance, Sweet. which is Takashi Miike's 100th movie. Just as violent as Jesus. anything Takashi Miike. I know, he's done 100 movies. That's okay. the one thing I thought, like the movie was a bit hit and miss, but I watched it, I'm like, this doesn't feel like this is someone who's done 100 movies. It's like, it's just really, I mean, it should be more assured if you've done 100 movies, but more yeah. normally people start like really making shit after 50 <laughs> if they get that far. And no, Takashi Miike is still punching it really well i just thought it was like it was it's like two and a half hours long and it did not need to be that long well yeah i, th- I think we both had the same because like there were like moments in it and i'm like man is this like based on an anime or something and then there's this one moment right before the end of the second act where they introduce a whole bunch of new p- characters who are so, probably going to be villains and i'm like okay no it's got to be an anime what, this has so, to be so an run anime. me through like the quick synopsis oh it's what, a guy it? so, so it's blade so it's an immortal swordsman he's he, he, this girl that he was protecting dies and is killed, and so then this weird witch woman. It was his sister. Him. It was his sister. Oh. Yeah. No, no, no. It was like the wife of a guy he murdered. It's a little confusing. Oh, I totally thought it was his sister, and he no, happened to kill. She just refers oh, to him right, as big brother. What... But anyway, this weird witch woman gotcha. comes and give him these bloodworms that keep him immortal, and then this other girl, whose family is all murdered by this big clan of like martial artists. Uh, she hires him to be her bodyguard and to kill all of them for her. And so he's like, he's got to take a thousand souls and he can't die. And so there's just these just endless sword so, fights. It's all sword fights. There's, wait, did they, they say he had, had to crow? take a thousand no, souls? but they kept saying that like in the promo promotion. Oh, okay. Because so I, I was going to say was something lost in translation. I'm pretty sure he took like two, three, kind of four thousand souls. very vaguely sound like the crow. Like, can't die. Kind, of, take kind, of, kind of. of. Yeah. It's just a very, very Takashi Miike does the crow kind of thing. Yeah. I, watched, I watched Murder on the Orient Express and I have Ooh, opin- I want to see that. I have opinions anyway. about it. I, <laughs> I thought like 60% of the movie okay. is amazing, is really good. I'm a huge fan of the book and the original movie. So I was going in not looking for, because I know, we won't spoil it here, but I know the twist to it. And yeah. so I wasn't looking at it going, oh, what, 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 I'm not invested in the mystery at all because I know exactly how it plan, pans out. And apparently, like, Agatha Christie's estate has, like, a rule. They're not allowed to change the mechanics of the case now. Oh, cool. Since she died. Like, if you're adapting it, you have to go by the book, which worked really well for And Then There Were None because that's been adapted really badly and then they did a miniseries. The BBC did a miniseries with, like, all of the Game of Thrones actors and it's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my remote on the Air Express was... was 
really good. And like 60% of it was really good. And then about 40% of it was just like visually, from a visual standpoint, it was like they were making really bizarre choices. And the one thing that bugged me, and it's to do with the ending, but it's not the main case, is like it's Murder on the Orient Express. It's a big stuffy costume drama directed by Kenneth Branagh, starring Kenneth Branagh and a bunch of British actors and Judy Dench and all that kind of stuff. And so you wouldn't expect to be inundated with this whole cinematic universe thing that's going around. But after the whole case is done and he's walking away, they actually managed to hit this really good emotional moment with Poirot, which I thought was better than the book. And he's there and he's walking away and you think, oh, they're going to crane up and it'll be the end of the movie. <laughs> but no, a cop runs up to him and says, are you Hercule Poirot? And I'm like, oh, God, don't, don't. He says... They need you in Egypt. There's been a murder <laughs> right on the bloody Nile. And I just, I threw my head in my hands. Um, it, it, they're setting up Death on the Nile, which yeah. is the other really iconic. Which has been in fully known. It's yeah. been filmed as well, yeah. but it doesn't even like the, like the actual chronological order of Poirot stories. It does not follow Murder on the Orient Express. It's just a really well-known one that's got adapters. So they're doing it. And I was like, can't I just watch one movie where they're not making an ad for the sequel in it? Nah, for man. God's sake. Got to get in nah. on that Agatha Christiverse. It's going to be oh, great. As it'll be like, uh, you they, know what? They'll, they'll, they'll do the Avengers, but it'll, yeah. like, it'll be like a stuffy Belgian detective <laughs> and a stuffy old woman playing uh, Miss Marple. And they'll be like, it's just like the action movie with no action. Yeah, you didn't stay around till after the credits where Sam Samuel L. Jackson rocks up and he's like, we're, we're, talk about we're the looking at a Agatha Christie. Initiative, yeah, <laughs> the Agatha Christie Initiative. <laughs> oh god, no! I yeah, that annoyed me about it. But there was a lot of it that was really good. It's definitely worth seeing just visually. There's a lot of really cool decisions made. Tell me though, I mean, I said that as a joke, but would you have found that less annoying if it wasn't like the end of the movie, but instead after the credits? Yes, a hundred percent, yes. That because that that's for nerds who are sticking around. Going, There's going to be something around. after the credits. And even if I, I stuck around for the credits, even if I stuck around for the credits, I'd be like, okay, they ended that story. They left me sitting in that because it just like it hits a really good emotional moment. And I was sitting in that, and the music was good, and the camera was really cool. And then they just break it they right break, at yeah. the end for yeah. the, the ad. That's what killed it for me. It's not that necessarily that they had it. I get it. Everyone, we need franchises, and that's the new thing. But, like, I mean, you can't even go into a comedy these days without there being, you know, bad... Like, like literally this year, there's Bad Mums 2, Daddy's Home 2. Like, can't we... What happened to the standalone hit movie? You need that parent cinematic universe. You got mums, you got dads. They're home, they're bad, they're all together. (laughs) Well, it's so that the parents can go to the cinemas, they send the kids off to the Marvel ones, and then they go and see their ones, and they can go at the same time. Well, it's similar to television. They can't do standalone scenes anymore, like... Like I heard like a tweet recently, it's like True Detective should have been one standalone thing. True Detective yeah. should have been none in my opinion. But that's, <laughs> oh, that's I, I have very episode. I have a very hot take on that show. Even, no, they did it. There's a sh- there's a show, they're doing it. It's not as popular now, mm. but there was a show called The Sinner. Eight episodes and oh, done. Yeah, it's on Jessica Netflix. Field. They just dropped it on yeah. Netflix. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's really, really good. And it's a one and done, hopefully. I don't know if it was a big... Like, it's sometimes if it's not a big enough hit, they pretend like they were planning to be one and done the whole time. And then if it's like, um, what was that, Wayward Pines, they're like, oh, no, second season, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently Stranger Things was meant to only be one. Well, uh, I, mean, I was also going to mention, as much as I kind of enjoyed season two of Stranger Things, I feel like it could have been just one season. And they planned it that way because they, mm. they, they, it was a weird show with, like, psychic powers and stuff. They had no idea they were going to get... Yeah. A second season, and then when it was such a huge cultural phenomenon, they did. I think they did a really good job with a show that wrapped up to extend it because all those characters didn't 
have to reset and do the same thing. They yeah. developed them. Some weren't in. I don't think like uh, what's his name, the, the kid with the teeth and the hat, Dustin. 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 I don't yeah. think Dustin's arc for most of it was very enjoyable, but. They did as much of a job as like I couldn't. I I can't say I if I had got given season two of Stranger Things, I could have written it better. But mm. you know, uh, but yes, no, that that was all the movies I see. I'd like to have seen more, but I'll probably watch. Don't we all like to see? I more. know. I try and see like four movies a week is my goal. Last year I did three movies a week and I stuck to it. And this year I'm on four movies a week and I'm not hitting it. I'm like three. I'm, you know, I'm it's the end of the year, three. right? Nearly, just about. Yeah, and so, no, no, but I just up, need dude. one day where I do like nine, Failed. and then I'm good. And I've done that before. I did that last year and did like nine movies in the one day. Um, yeah. Okay. So I think we should go to our main discussion. So main in, event. Woo. In 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 the spirit Planet. of this being a podcast you've never heard of, and us being hosts you've never heard of, we're going to talk about the best movies you've never heard of, because um, nothing gets in an audience like things they don't know. <laughs> um, but so we're, we're gonna. <laughs> You know, cause we're, we're going against the grain. Everyone wants the IP. Everyone wants the, the known properties. We're doing the opposite of that. Um, the star but, system? The what? The star system? The star yeah. system. <laughs> yes, we, we've got a celebrity on. We have... We have uh, Chancellor Anderson from Pirates of the Caribbean. Chancellor Anderson from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, there we go. Yes. Uh, I was that one guy over Jeffrey Rush's shoulder. Hey. Hey. Yeah. But you've met, you've met Paul Giamatti, though, too. That's true. Who, I mean, who that was, was exciting. I thought you were standing in for him, but you weren't. You were standing no, for someone no, else on... I was on, standing um, in for the Russian guy who, in the final film, was definitely dubbed over and not Russian. Um, what, oh, this is for uh, the uh, Earthquake. San Andreas. San Andreas. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, no, Paul Giamatti, that, that was like, everyone was so excited about, oh my God, The Rock, The Rock. And they were like, oh, you know, Paul's just waiting over there. And I was like, oh, cool. And I went over to there. I'm like, oh, Paul is in Paul Giamatti. This is amazing. Best day ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh he's, I'd take Paul Giamatti over The Rock any day. Yeah, same. No um, offense, Rock, if you're listening, you're lovely too. <laughs> um, yes, but so we're going to be talking about some movies because there's every now and then, in this, especially in this world of, of being inundated with a million movies at once, some movies slip the cracks. And I always find I'm like, I'm like guy who, when I meet people, I'm like, you need to see this movie. And I just try and force it on them. I've like forced like half of the movies on my <laughs> list today. I have forced on you, Chance. I like, I give you the, and I will like pester you and think we've all forced movies on each other. Uh, yeah, we have. <laughs> yeah. And we, we, yeah, we, we, we're all pretty good at it. But this first, so I'll, I'll, I'll talk about my first one, which is a movie called Get Over It, a 2010 comedy. And this one I made, I made Chance to watch once and then I was like quoting it. And then Chancellor had no idea what he was doing. So I forced him to watch it a second time with us because I was not happy with the fact that he didn't remember the movie. Because I think, I genuinely think, and this is, this is a very bold statement, but I think it's the best teen comedy ever made. And no one knows about it. And I say this, Breakfast Club is not a teen comedy to me. Breakfast Club is a John Hughes movie. John Hughes is a genre. Yeah, they're in himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as far as totally. teen comedies go... Mean Girls? I, I like Get Over It more. But Get Mean okay. Girls, and so it's it, in that same vibe because it's a very... Uh, quotable movie. Yeah. Um, they, it, Even it, if it, I didn't remember the quotes, I yes. will admit it is very quotable when I'm it's watching very it. Quotable like, oh. It's just the cast. It has that kind of that Mean Girls, that fired up kind of tone where it's just cool. these one-liners that just really play. But I'll, I'll read out the synopsis as it appears on the back of the DVD. Um, it's, uh, and I'll tell you about the cast later, but so it's uh, against the, uh, sorry, uh, after Burke gets dro- dumped by the hottest girl in school, Alison, he'll do anything to get her back. Against the advice of his buddies, uh, Burke desperately follows Allison into the high school play. But when he's inept on stage, Burke gets bailed out by his best friend's little sister, who just might be the one to help him get over Allison. Now, that synopsis is absolutely terrible at explaining the tone of this <laughs> yeah. movie because it sounds like a really generic high school thing. And they've like, the poster for it and everything is like, it's just 
bad and generic and stuff like that. But it's actually really, really funny. So it, it's the, the problem with it is is that it's starring Kirsten Dunst. So they're like, oh, I'll talk about the cast for a bit because the people in this movie, it's nuts. So it stars Kirsten Dunst, Ben Foster, Colin oh. Hanks, so the son of Tom Hanks. Yep. It's got Mila Kunis, Zoe Saldana. Cisco. I keep forgetting Zoe Saldana's in that. Holy crap! <laughs> she's like, she's such she's like the black best friend. It's really, really bad. Like, I keep but about Zoe Saldana, um, <laughs> it's troubling. Oh my god! Um, and Martin Short and Shane West and it's these cast. All these people are like super famous now. Oh, Shane West, maybe not so much. Uh, he, he peaked in the 90s. But um, it, it, it's insane. But I think what happened was it came out the exact same year as Bring It On, also starring Kirsten Dunst. And so that one really overshadowed it. Um, but I've, I came across the movie by total happenstance. There was like a sale on at a video store near where we lived. And it like the video, the actual VHS. This is for anyone who remembers what VHS. What's a video are. store? What's a VHS? No, it Fucking had like babies. Am I right? <laughs> hey man, uh, were you I... alive when we had VHS? Yes, you were. Yes, like, you I... were at the very end of it though. Yeah, you? reround yeah. videotapes, guys. Come on. <laughs> yes. Well, the video case for it was like this really tacky green thing, and it had Kirsten Dunst on the front, and my sister, who loves, uh, shout out to my sister if she's listening. Um, she it has Kirsten Dunst and my sister loved bringing it on to pieces. So we just bought it because it was like $2. It was when videos were kind of going down. We watched it, blew our minds. We laughed, laughed. And I watch it. It's infinitely rewatchable. I think that's like sort of a very famous podcast people we listen to. They say the definition of a classic is one you can just rewatch over and over and over and over and over again and get over it never gets old. Uh-huh. I'm still yeah. laughing just as hard every time. Um, but it's like styled in this like really over-the-top absurdist 30 Rock Arrested Development kind of style, which was really ahead of its time because it was in the 90s when everything was like American Pie and it was really trying to cash in on that American Pie thing. But stylistically, it was so over the top. And I'm like, the director did such a good job and it's such a shame he's done like nothing since. He did one movie, this crime drama, and he did one thing for Netflix called The Most Hated Woman in America, which I haven't seen. I've seen it on Netflix. On Netflix, yeah. But then stylistically, nothing like this. So I kind of don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really 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 funny. So it's called Get Over It, and Martin Short's in it, and he he makes the movie. Most plays, of the quotable lines, most of the quotable lines, Martin Martin are him. He's like he's, so he's playing the director of this play, and it's like a musical adaptation of A Midsummer Night's Dream. It's called A Midsummer Night's Rockin' Eve, and he's just the <laughs> wankiest director, and he just has these lines. There's like one bit where he's there's been an accident on set, and the, and the girl's like she's icing her. Um, Privates and he's like, and keep icing your front bum. I need you. Swelling <laughs> continues when you don't ice. Uh, it's it's there's just these infinite number of lines are really quotable. I cannot recommend enough. And you haven't seen it, Josh, so that you need to add that to the top of your list because sure. it is fucking hilarious. Uh, you, so, you, you didn't force it on me. Like no, but I will. I, I have three copies of it on DVD. Whoa. I bought one from America because there's one from America with commentary and, <laughs> and Martin Short yeah. outtakes because he just riffs. Most of his lines are improvised and they're so good. And so there's just a reel of his mm. improvised takes that weren't used. It's funny as hell. So, yeah. So what's your first pick? Oh, okay. We're going to me. My first pick is Mr. Wright. Um, Fantastic. 2015 film. Uh, it's like a little romantic action comedy starring Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendrick. So Anna Kendrick in one of her better roles. I don't yes. like. I, I love and hate her because there's some movies where I'm just like, I don't get why you're here. And then she's really good in this one. She's oh, really good. absolutely. They well, Sam Rockwell's always good. So no, Sam like, Rockwell's infinitely good in everything. Um. So yeah, this little film was written by Max Landis, who's a very, <laughs> a very controversial, controversial figure, figure to say the least. Um. 
But no, it's it's a very uh, really fun film. Uh, it's uh, it's very um, streamlined, simple. It does it gets back to like kind of the basics of like romantic comedies. It's like has none of the so what's the like, what's the fluffy plot? Bullshit. So basically, it follows um, this uh, girl by an character called Martha who meets this missile ge- this gentleman called Mister Wright. And we don't know his name until it reveals in the film. But yeah, Francis. Um, Whoa! Spoilers, spoilers man! Oh god! That I can't watch this movie now. He's you've named seen Francis. It. You've already, already seen it. it. <laughs> Shut <Yeah>. up! <laughs> it's Francis. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it follows uh, Martha after a kind of a breakup and how she meets this um Mister Wright, as you will, um, who turns out to be an assassin. Very um, cool. A dancing assassin. A dancing assassin. Yes. Um, so, yeah, this film is kind of... It's it's very interesting. It's very poppy and colourful. Very, very fun. Like I said before, it like, streamlines the romantic comedy aspect. There's no, like, fluffy bullshit. It's, like, just gets straight to the point. It really um, does, like, get straight into it yeah, as well. Like, um, I love like, that. She, it, she like, plays actually, like, a damaged character. Yeah. Even which is funny information... People are always like, we don't want to see her too damaged. We don't want to see damage. It's like, no, she's like, like, oh, Amy Schumer is like a train wreck. No, this girl's actually a fucking train wreck. Uh, I think it was Max Landis who said that in the executives that, yeah. of the of the film were like, you know what? People don't want to see a woman who's a train wreck. And the biggest hit of that year yeah, was, was Amy Schumer's train wreck. They say it's a big hit, though. The box office numbers on train wreck aren't great. Yeah. I don't really? know. And Martha in this film is much more of an actual fucking Yeah, she's yeah. like a legitimate She yeah. is fucked. Yeah, and it's... Yeah, it's very fun and eccentric. Um, directed by a Spanish filmmaker called Paco. I don't want to pronounce his last name wrong. Just pronounce it incorrectly. Do it. Cabezas. Go Cabezas. 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 Who hasn't done much, but he's kind of fit into the Max Landis universe. He's done a bit of Dirk Gently now. Oh, nice. he has? Um, so, yeah. And also stars Michael Eklund, who plays one of the rowdy free from Dirk Gently. Yes. <laughs> Without his grey hair, but kind of has the same style. Um, and the villain? Oh, the villain. Well, Tim I can't. I don't want to oh, spoil it. Is, it. is it a spoiler to say it who plays it? it oh, it's one of the first things you see in the movie is yeah. his character. Okay, okay, okay. Tim it's, Roth. it's Tim Roth. It's yeah, oh, good, Tim good, old, Roth. good old Tim Roth um, doing different accents throughout the entire film. So many. And he switches like instantly. And it's, yeah. so, it's so fun. Not in the Benedict Cumberbatch way or the Michael Fassbender way, kind of in a good way. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a planned way, yeah, we think. A, Not in the Amy Adams in American Hustle <laughs> where she was meant to... To be British the whole movie, and then I didn't realize that until they were like, "You're not British." When she drops the accent, I'm like, "How are you not hearing her drop her accent all the way through this thing?" Bradley Cooper's an idiot now. Um, and yeah, it sort of it fits into the mold of the Max Landis universe, kind of because it kind of has parallels to American Ultra, another film that no one saw, and and Dirk Gently. So Max Landis is kind of building this universe around it, but it's. Very much stands on its own. It's the Max Landis universe. Get it on it, people. Yeah, it's the Landisverse. It's another That's cinematic as, as universe. Oh, he actually calls it that? Yeah, he calls oh, it the I was making fun of it. Oh. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, I recommend it because if you don't want um, stupid, fluffy, romantic, and you want some little bit of action, uh, made, it was made very cheaply as well. I think Landis himself like talked about... 12 to 15, Yeah, it? 12 to 15 million. Yeah. But I think the main reason it didn't get any attention was because the marketing campaign was kind of trashy and it screwed it over. It definitely was only released on DVD in Australia, right? Yeah, it was not like... It kind of got a very limited fractional I mean, run. that's like every movie ever. Yeah, only gets released in DVD on Australia or it gets released two years after the yeah. fact. Or if they make a deal with Netflix or Stan. Like a, yeah. yeah, I prefer that though because... Comes and we can watch yeah, it. Then at least we get to Except see it. Except no special features. Yeah, that's true. That's, no that's special true. features. 
Uh, right. Yes. Um, Chancellor? My turn. Hey. Yeah. So, uh, hey, just because we were talking about him, my first film uh, I'm going to talk about is 2002's Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, uh, oh. also starring Sam you Rockwell. Mean, you forced this one onto me. That I did, mm. and you're very welcome. And you fell asleep. We were watching it and you fell asleep. Okay, I'd already seen it like a billion times at that point, so... I have a, it's, I've... The cinematography of that movie is weird. Oh, it is so bizarre. Yeah. And so, so uh, Confession of the Dangerous Mind, uh, it stars Sam Rockwell, Drew Barrymore, and George Clooney, directed by George Clooney. This was his directorial debut. And some of the choices he made visually are just bizarre. But they're so good. There's this montage in the middle of it where Sam Rockwell's yes. like showing people, he's like a tour guide or something like yeah. that. Yeah. He's showing people and they do like a time lapse in like a single take. And it's so it's good. so good. It's so amazing. Uh there are just so many little creative things and the performances are all great. So what's it about? Um, so it is about, it's based on the uh, memoirs of Chuck Barris, who uh, was the guy who, uh, back in the day, he created all those like lame classic game shows like, like the dating, the dating, dating game, game the newlywed game, the something else game probably. I don't know. And as it turns out, Chuck Barris during that time was actually an assassin and he was using these shows as a front to perform assassins, but also, yeah, sorry, assassinations, but also using the money from (laughs) using the money from assassinations to make these TV shows because it was always his dream to work in TV. It's one of those stories that just seems like there's no way it could be true, but it is. Yeah, it's based on a true story. Uh, it's got interviews with characters who are in the film uh, and it's got interviews with the actual people and they're talking about the sort of things they saw with Chuck Barris and they're like, yeah, yeah. you know, he was always kind of distant. And, yeah, this sort of weird well, thing like, happened. He was, he was a massive prick. Um, was, the way I found this movie and it was, it was weird. I find movies in weird ways. This one here was specifically a screen test on YouTube my little sister found because my little sister <laughs> has a massive crush on Sam Rockwell because why oh, wouldn't you? Fair, fair. Um, cool. Going on Mr. Right, when I first heard the story of Mr. Right, an assassin who dances, I'm like, man, yeah. if that doesn't star Sam Rockwell, they fucked up. Yeah, of course yeah, it exactly. stars Sam, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so she found this video of Sam Rockwell just dancing and being fucking weird with George Clooney and we were like, what is this movie? So I went out and I found it at the DVD store and we watched it and it just, oh man, it was a ride. I, I, I can't, I don't want to explain too much because where the story goes is really interesting and like all the turns it takes, it's just good movie. It breaks those molds where when, you know, when an actor becomes a director and their movie is just like visually really bland because they have no idea where to put the camera and George Clooney like knew where to put the camera. Yeah. I loved that about it so much. He's done so much great work. I haven't seen Suburbicon though. I heard it was shit. Yeah, I heard bad things about Suburbicon. It was so depressing. I, loved, I didn't yeah. have money, so I, I didn't love Good Night and Good Luck. And what's the other one he did? Um, Leatherheads? No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Oh, what is it? He won another Oscar for it or something. Oh, um, um, um. I'm, oh, I'm making it sound like of I'm March, thinking. Oh, with Ryan yeah. Gosling in it. I thought that one was. Oh, really yes, good. yes, yes. Um, yes. So okay. So my second pick is a movie called a little-known movie called Hamlet Two. 
Uh, it's not a sequel. Um, it's have you seen uh, our producer here, Zane? We might give a thanks to yeah. Zane here. Oh, thanks, his, thanks to Zane. Thanks. <laughs> He's nodding his head there. Um, it's it's a really I love this movie, and no one's ever heard of it. So I'll read I'll read the synopsis out. So it's uh, one high school drama teacher is about to make a huge number two. In this wildly irreverent and completely outrageous movie, when his school's theatre department is threatened to be cut, failed actor-turned-high school drama teacher Dana Marsh writes a play that he hopes will solve everything, a sequel to Shakespeare's Hamlet. Now staging one of the most politically incorrect musical theatre extravaganzas ever seen, Dana and his class will put it all on the line for one controversial, conflicted night of hilarity. Um, it, this movie stars Stephen Co- Steve Coogan is in the lead, so you can kind of imagine uh, the kind of movie it is. It actually like the synopsis sounds a little bit more silly and lighthearted. It's actually quite a risque comedy, and I think that's what turned a lot of people off. Um, but the story behind the movie is actually really fascinating. They played a rough cut of it to Sundance, and it started a bidding war. These like one of these famous Sundance bidding wars, and it oh, nearly wow. broke. The record was set by Little Miss Sunshine, and it nearly broke that. It yeah. sold for got the numbers here it sold for ten and a half million dollars it was made for nine million dollars was the production budget but it very famously when they released it they were trying to go for like the big comedy release and it tanked and only made like 4.9 million dollars it's a really big flop <laughs> um i don't even think it got cinema release here i found it uh, when we, i i know because i was following it before it came out and I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And I don't even think it got a very late DVD release. Very, here very well. late here. I think I came across it. It was at the video store up the road. A lot of these ones I've come across at video stores. Just rest in peace. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I swear, rip. like, no future generations will understand what it's well, like. The to smell find of the video weird, store, the, uh, yeah. the thrill of walking in. of these movies that get lost and go completely under the radar because now you, there's no way to. It's going to be so much harder something. to like. Yeah. It is. Um, but, you know, so this movie, I mean, Steve Coogan does such a good job. There's this great, it's because the musical he makes, it's like Hamlet comes, is brought back to life by Jesus. And there's this, <laughs> is, this is absurd, there's a musical number called Rock Me Sexy Jesus. <laughs> yes, there is. And it is so funny and it, it's so underrated. That's when I like, I love to show my, my sort of more literary friends because it's such a like a bastardization <laughs> of, I'm a huge Shakespeare fan and it's such a, it's such a hilarious bastardization of it. Um, it, what have we got? Uh, you know, Rock Me Sexy Jesus. It's, it's, it's a pretty risque movie. So like, don't go into it thinking it's, it'll be this sort of light teen comedy because it's not. There's a lot of, lot of language and, you know, you see Steve Coogan's junk at one part, but it is, like very funny and very underrated. <laughs> so you're, you're next. Film. Oh, next again. Oh, there's the finger point. Um, yeah, so I, want, I, I want to point out, I don't think anyone at home can see your finger point. No, I, <laughs> I'm pointing at Josh. <laughs> gesture. Um, so my next pick is um, Sing Street, the 2016 film. I love it. Which I feel is also once again criminally underrated and it hurts me and I feel personally victimized that no one's seen this movie. Um, we all do. Yeah. We all do. So I feel like my picks kind of have a theme where they're like more modern picks to like kind of like the last few years and kind of gone on the radar. I think, I think what happened with Sing Street is because it came out the same year as La La Land and La La... Because Sing Street is a musical too and La La... And like everyone was like, La La Land's a musical. And I was one of those people that was like, La La Land is the greatest yeah, musical. It was, it was, it's came out all like your April. fault. It is all my fault. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it premiered at uh, Sundance's musical coming of age um, comedy drama. Uh, directed by John Carney, who's an Irish filmmaker, and it all stars all these brilliant Irish people. Mo- 
He did that movie. So the, I, just before we recorded the podcast, I was talking about Begin Again and Once. They're both directed by John Carney as well. Ah, you well watch cool. if, you like, if you like Sing Street, that stuff awesome. is easily in the same. Um, and he was also a musician in like the 80s or 90s and like he was a bassist. Or oh, man, that I shows. That it informs his musical taste and how he edits music into his films. Um, so, yeah, such a bunch of um, Irish people. It's like uh, main characters like Ferdia, Walsh Peeler. I don't know if you recognize all, all brilliant acting, Lucy Boyton. Yeah, once again, I pick movies with hard I mean, names and pronounce. There's no one really famous. Oh, the dad's, the dad's Littlefinger, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Littlefinger from... Sansa Stark. <laughs> uh, isn't the um, uh, the brother also famous? Because I know he's an American mm. actor and I can only tell because... He was American? How could you not tell? Wait. Jesus. Every like second word, I'm like, man, that's not really American. Why, why does this Irish guy I have such a shit accent? Yeah, I don't, and then I looked I it up. I'm like, oh, it's because he's American. Makes sense now. Even Chanel could tell. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm normally really good with accents. Not I guess today, it must be friend. the Irish. Something I have something against the Irish. Yeah. Probably. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's about um. Basically, simple story again. A boy starting a band to impress a girl in 1980s in Dublin. So it's, it's very sweet. It's very kind of relatable. I guess we were trying to impress. Somebody to get yeah. Then. It was it was a very like I went in expecting like a fun like silly movie and it just hit the feels big time. It really does. Like, oh. And like like almost instantly like I was kind of like kind of swept away by like the, kind of like the magic of like being a young person going through the the crisis that he does and like like him trying to express himself. So it's kind of also about like creativity and expression. Yeah. It's like really trying to find your voice. So And they go through all the different musical styles and they go like and then filming music videos like Honestly, once you like watch this and like their first music video is hilarious. Like knowing yeah. like this, the cameraman's also the producer and he hands out business cards and it's just like oh, very <laughs> funny. And he's like, I'm trying to get these angles. He's moving around. Oh, I, love I was blown away that it's like a number sort of two thirds of the way in that they do in the dance hall when they're trying to do a music <gasps> That number. is the best. And they cut to sort of a more fantasy sequence. It blew That is my away. favorite song. I have it on my phone. Yeah. Drive it like he stole it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love like it so much. Oh. So good. Uh, so yeah, just premiered at Sundance. Uh, Consistently got good reviews. I think it's like ninety six percent on like Rotten Tomatoes. If you guys really follow oh, the really? Heavy, yeah. <laughs> oh wow. It's like yeah, crazy. Um, and but nobody saw it, and that's really sad. Well, I don't I? think it got a. It, I don't think it got a. Pro- it got a very very limited release. I guess. I guess I think there was talking one about. Was playing it. Um, I guess I'm talking about more internationally. I don't think like a lot of people saw it in America. I guess like outside specialized audiences and like mm. critics. And stuff, and here I don't know the context. No one watches of, anything here. Yeah, <laughs> but it so. is released on Stan at the moment. Yes, so yes. yeah, it is on Stan. We, we, we're not we don't, we're not getting money from Stan, but we can, and we keep we? mentioning <laughs> we can make that happen. Yeah, Stan, if you're listening, is there a guy named Stan who runs it? Like, Stan, if you're listening, hello, hello Stan. I if you're listening, we, Stan. we'd love a sponsor. <laughs> I feel like they're like, oh, we need to make like because we got to be Aussie and we got to really oh. go against Netflix. Then why is not like Netflix Robo? Or Damo, like why oh, is it nah, Stan bro. is such a an, it's Stan for like it's American all about that name. presto. We've got to get that presto, presto. Oh, <laughs> which no longer exists. Um, oh wow, yeah, it's Foxtel. I paid now, for presto. Yeah, presto. that's why I have Foxtel now. I've been trying to figure out why I have a subscription to Foxtel. I don't know when I signed up. It's because I had a subscription to presto. It would have transferred. All right, so that was an interesting yes. sidebar. Uh, so getting back to Sing Sorry, Street, yeah. guys. Um, <laughs> Um, I recommend it because it's very fun. Um, it's very relatable. And also, if you don't really like musicals too much, but you want to kind of get... It's like an easy nut to crack into. Like, it's like 
It's drug. a gateway drug into music. It's basically like that and Tenacious D. Like that movie, <laughs> Destiny. Like, just, yeah, uh, Destiny. Just like watch those two. If you don't like musicals, but you like music, so I recommend that. Um, yeah, well, Chancester. All right. Finger so point. Finger point. Double finger me. point. Oh, and then waving fingers. <laughs> yeah, golly. wiggles. Wiggles. All right. So um, my next one. Oh man, this took a really weird uh, track to find this movie for one. Um, so I'll get into that in the uh, the next segment where we talk about like. Uh, what do you call? Uh, what's that word? This is what happens. Honorable when I, mentions. Honorable mentions. Yeah, <laughs> because there was an honorable mention which I found on IMDb uh, because it has the longest title in the world for a movie. And then in the things that were like, oh, movies like this, there was this obscure little Australian film called Hercules Returns. Ah, you've Her- told me to watch this so many times, and you still haven't. I still have not. <laughs> I've, I've got it on DVD. Haven't seen Come it on over. Now I'm going to tell you the description, uh, what the IMDb lists as the plot synopsis. It is when Brad quits his job at a large cinema chain to open his own picture theatre, his ex-boss sabotages the opening night by switching the Italian film with a non-subtitled version. Brad and his team hilariously improvise the dialogue to avert disaster. That doesn't None of like that, that. None of that is important. It is literally like ten minutes of setup, and the rest of the movie is just them playing a Hercules movie that is an Italian, and they're just dubbing the whole thing. <laughs> the whole movie is just. It, it takes the idea of a parody to the nth degree, where it's literally just them dubbing the film. And every now and then, it'll cut into the oh cinema and it'll like cut up to the main story. But no one cares about that. What you care about is the dubbing, and it is. I need to watch. Fantastic. This. Yes, you do. Okay. I've got on a DVD. Come on over. After this, we all go back to my place. We watch Hercules Returns. It'll be great. Uh, it, it is a very rare film to find. Uh, I went to several different like video rental places trying to find it because I found out about it when I was 15. I didn't get to see it until I was 19. And it was heartbreaking. I went to DVD King, uh, which is now upstairs, the thing. I got it, uh, yep. I got it delivered oh because they, they had to specially order it in. Uh, I also got Peter Jackson's uh, Meet the Feebles and oh, Brain Dead at the same time. Hello. I got all of them in, uh, and it was the only place that I could find that actually ordered it in. And, oh, it was worth the five-year wait. It oh is God. absolutely ridiculous. It is endlessly quotable. Um, and it's just fucking weird. Get in it. I love it. Um, okay, that is on my list. That, I, I feel like you've explained it, but not, like, to that degree to me before. That is That sounds amazing. Sounds That's almost like Mystery Science Theater, in a sense. Oh, kind of, but where... Mystery Science theater they're kind of like making fun of what happens yeah. on the screen whereas they like create they play, a completely different it. story is it like kung pao into the it, it, well kung pao was also shot to be like that it wasn't like just a dubbing of a ridiculous thing but it's the it, same kind of idea where they've dubbed this whole other story over yeah. the top of something yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay well I, i'll do my final pick for uh greatest movies you've never seen it's a little it's an australian film as well it's called razzle dazzle a journey into dance uh, which sounds like a bad title, but this movie is <laughs> hilarious. I like you normally hear the word Australian film in your actions, like ugh. Not with this one. It's really good. It's like a mockumentary, and it's kind of in the style of those Christopher Guest ones, like Best in Show and um, Mascots and, and that kind of a thing. So I'll read the synopsis out for you. I just took photos of the backs of the DVDs to read this out because I'm really bad at oh, wow. explaining I'm like stuff. I'm DBing it as we speak. Oh right. <laughs> uh, so it's a spectacular comedy. 
that lifts the curtain on the world of children's competitive dance. The film follows the eager members of Mr. Jonathan's Dance Academy who, with their unique dance routines, compete for grand final success at Australia's most prestigious competition. Amidst parental politics, petty rivalry, creative controversy and the hysterics of pushy stage mothers, this film takes you behind the glamour and the glitter to a world where sometimes winning is everything. Um... So I said, like, the movie's in this mockumentary style and it just they have these really great Australian character actors like Kerry Armstrong. Um, what's really funny is, so confession time, I was once involved in the world of dance a very long time ago, back in when I was, like, 14 or 15, and the movie came out around then. I actually got to see this on the cinemas, which is, like, impossible. Tell me the movie is the reason why you quit the world of dance. <laughs> the, the movie very clearly illustrates why, because the movie is so accurate. <laughs> and what was really funny is because I saw the movie and I laughed because I all these characters, like, it's, like uh, there's some ridiculous things that happen, but I swear to God everything has happened in real life that happens in this movie. Mm. And... What's funny is that all there was like like I knew a lot of the stage mums and they watched this movie and like I hate this movie it's so unrealistic it's ridiculous and they're the they're exact confronted. people that the movie is making fun of because they're confronted by it they're confronted yeah. by it yeah. yeah and it was really fascinating it's so this movie and this movie has like I love quotable movies like Get Over It and Hamlet too has a couple um, good quotes too but Razzle Dazzle's great and no one kind of knows about it because it's this, I mean it's an Australian film that's not sort of a movie about people in houses being sad. So obviously it got no <laughs> distribution in Australia. No one like Australia make a movie that's funny. Like no, you know we don't want that. Um, but I think it got into like it got into the Berlin Film Festival. I think is one of the weird bits of trivia about it. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of the very few. It's probably one of my favorite Australian films of all time. I think behind Predestination. Yeah. I think it's sort of mm. my number one. But this is up there in like easily like in the top five. It's really funny, and I cannot recommend it enough. Normally, it's like it's sort of the perfect antidote to that. Oh, like that opinion of Australian films being bad. It's like no, no, we we have the talent to do really, really good stuff. But so yeah, I highly recommend that one. So Josh, nice. your third film. Yes, oh, that point. Uh, Creep, uh, 2014 film, found footage, horror, uh, kind of more thriller though, um, directed by Patrick Bryce. And oh, I thought it was directed by the Duplass guy. No, no, mm. it's, um, he just, I, I think he, co- he co-wrote it with Patrick. I've been meaning to watch it for the longest time, mm. but I have never got around to it yet. Um, so basically, I'll read the synopsis again. Um, the film follows Aaron, portrayed by Bryce himself, a videographer who answers a cryptic Craigslist ad. Created by Joseph, portrayed by Duplass, and as they get closer together, he discovers that his client is not who he was expecting. So basically, the idea they had around this film was that like it's basically built upon their loose improv and like loose scripts. So they kind of like had this idea and they keep forming and they keep changing it and they just decided to go out into a cabin that is owned by Mark Duplass and they're just like let's just make this movie. It's like on a micro budget, like crazy found footage and. The really f- weird thing about it, like, it's kind of has this almost like auteur vo- voice because the fact that um, Patrick Bryce is also the main character and he's kind of pl- portraying a videographer. So, does it have of- a good reason for him to keep recording? Yes, that's absolutely. Okay. That's always the problem with because because he's a videographer and like he's kind of got this like auteur voice. He's kind of always trying to capture a moment or waiting. He's he's like mentioned the film was like oh just waiting on the birds or waiting on like this and this. like it's. It's very interesting. There's a reason he has the camera with him. There's a reason why he wants to keep documenting him because it's almost kind of like for his own safety. Um, And the film's weird, man. Like it explores like kind of weird 
manly relationships. So like kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it makes uh, it's kind of confronting if you're very uptight about like how you are with your male friends or whatever. If you're like very conservative and like, <laughs> I find it very the, amusing. The, the what is it, the bromance? Yeah, the bromance. Yeah, broing out. Yeah, touching dicks. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, there's um basically I won't spoil it, but there's a scene called Tubby Time. I'll just let you. <laughs> oh my that. god. <laughs> okay, um, I'm sold. Yeah. Get me this movie and get me it now. Okay. It's on Netflix. Yes, Excellent. it is on Netflix. And the uh, reason I'm kind of also talking about it is because I want to... The sequel's coming out um, in December, I believe, on Netflix. Uh, yeah. And... Does it, is, does the... Like, not to spoil it, but does the end let there plausibly be a sequel? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, and there's a reason for a sequel. And also, the sequel, they don't try and make it a big budget they keep the same budget and they just keep the same ideals and values that they took into the first one so it's sort of um they're expanding upon the characters in the in the world and like but they're keeping it like it's still small scale and like very personal still so um and yeah they took it to jason blum who was like he's like the best he's the smartest producer in hollywood at the moment yeah and they took it to him before it was kind of what it was like with the ending and like the thriller aspects of it they took it to it was more like this is the weird like bromancy type thing that, that it was and like kind of hence the title creep and he's just like okay he's like it's very good it's like the first found footage movie i've seen like Ever basically that has plausible reason for the camera to be on and has interesting investing characters. Like he's, okay. like he's like I've never felt seen that before, and he's just like giving them ideas to make turn it to what it was. And I believe it's fucking awesome. It came out of left field for me. I just I was like I saw it on Netflix. I'm like oh what is this? I'm like oh it's found footage. Like I don't know. But then it just pulled me in. And I reckon to pull everyone else in. I remember I came across the trailer randomly. It was like one of those like where it auto plays the next thing. It was the trailer. And I yeah. watched the trailer. I'm like, this looks bizarre, but kind of cool. Yeah. And yeah, made on the micro budget level. So micro budget, micro budget like us. Yes. Yay. This is basically them playing with a camera in the woods, and they're like, this doesn't work. Let's just do it this way. And they're like, think of an idea on the spot, and then they just just film it, which I think we can all relate to. That's awesome. Yes. So what you're saying is that all of our films should be found footage. (laughs) Yes. Like they tried to make the Friday the Thirteenth movie that was coming. They tried out. to make that a dozen times. Yeah. It's found footage. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's a there's a filmmaker Adam Green who did like uh, Hatchet and Frozen. Yeah, Frozen. yeah I've seen. And not he, the Disney one. Not the Disney one. He was approached to do Friday the Thirteenth as a found footage, and he said, "No, I don't want to do it." They because that was when found was when Paranormal Activity came out. Everything was found footage. Yeah, everyone yeah, no, wanted to do it. We had like a t- Project Almanac, that time travel one. I still oh, haven't yeah. watched it. Produced because... by Michael Bay, like that. It's uh, not that bad. It's just not very notable. Yeah, <laughs> like it's fun. Anyway, chance to your film. Uh, so you, for one, Shane, already know what it's going to be. This is a movie I've been. Oh, you did finally watch it though, right? Which one? Caffeine. Oh, yes. Yeah, you know, yeah, you lent it to me. Yes. Yeah, no. Probably. So the movie's Caffeine came out in 2006. It uh, it was one of those impulse buys at a video store closing down. This random It was this random pink uh, DVD case, and the front cover had, uh, is it Mina Savari? I think so. Mina Savari from uh, American Beauty. It had Breck and Maya, and I was like, all right, I'll buy it. It was like $2, best $2 I ever spent. It, all the, the car, so it's a, 
Oh man, I don't. Is it a British film? I feel like it's. It's a British, a British film. film. It's one of those like multi-plot ones. Isn't yes. It? So it's a British film starring almost entirely American actors except, and all. Uh, and, no, not except for uh, Catherine Heigl's in it randomly. Well, slow down. <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> Because it, it, it's filled with a bunch of faces, you know, but not necessarily names, you know. Like Andrew Lee Potts has been in like the backgrounds of loads of films. Uh, the tech, the quote unquote main character played by Marsha Thomason. You don't know that name, but she was in Lost. She was in a lot of stuff. Same with uh, Mark Pelle- Pellegrino. He was in the background of like, I saw this guy. I was like, why do I know that guy? It's because he's in Hannibal Rising. It's because he's in this. It's because he's in that. It's <laughs> one of those movies Hannibal that you Rising. go, I know that person. And then you look them up to find out what you know them from. And yeah. it's like every yeah, character really. is that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, it's everyone. And yeah, for some reason, Catherine Heigl playing a Brit. It's they're, they're, oh. Other than Breck and Meyer, everyone's playing a British character, but none of the actors are British for some reason. But it works. It, it, it's amazing. They're... There is a plot summary on IMDb, but I'm not going to bother with it because it's a multi-plot thing where it's just a day in a coffee shop and stuff is happening and stuff is happening over here. There's all these little stories and they all end up like overlapping or intertwining Mm. in little funny ways. But what really made this movie stand out to me was A, it was hilarious and and the, uh, the dialogue really brought me in on it. And then I looked up who wrote it and it's this guy called Dean Craig. And Dean Craig happens to be one of my favorite um, uh, scriptwriters. I just never knew. He was the guy who wrote Death at a Funeral. He wrote, the British one. The, uh, he wrote both. Oh, he wrote Though both. Though I found no. the script for the American one, and it's like written by Dean Craig, and down the bottom it was like with extra stuff by Martin Lawrence and Chris so Rock. Rewritten and I'm like, by, yeah, yeah, okay, got yeah. it. <laughs> uh, they just grabbed his script and went, all right, let's put this on there. Um, so yeah, he wrote that. He wrote um, a few best men, which was directed by Priscilla Queen of the Desert. That was an Australian film. They did a sequel. Uh, yeah, they did a sequel that just came out on DVD yeah. now. And just last year, he wrote a film called The Moonwalkers, which <gasps> this is that one. Yes, yes. where uh, where a stoner impersonates Stanley Kubrick, and an FBI agent what? has to get him to fake the moon landing. What? It's amazing. Is it Rupert Grint in it, isn't it? Yes, Rupert Grint what and Ron the? Perlman. Oh, it is You've never fantastic. heard of this one? Another no, movie? No, no, no. This is like a live yeah. reaction. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. <laughs> See, I, I was going to bring that one up, but that's, that's only been in my life for one year, whereas Caffeine, no one's ever seen, no one's ever heard of. And, like, I push it on everyone I know. I'm like, it's oh, hey. It's a good hey, little movie. Yeah, it, it's just... No, and Dean Craig has gone on to write... Because this was his first film he ever wrote. He wrote for TV before that. But this was his only f- a film thing. And from there, he's just made all these fantastic movies that I love. And, yeah, I guess I'll add Moonwalkers on the end there. Watch Moonwalkers, guys. It's also good. <laughs> well, that, that, that segues into our honourable mentions. Yeah. yeah. Um, first honourable honorable mention. So, like, I... I think, well, I mean, we've listed a lot of movies, but there's a couple of shows that I think have flown under the radar too. There's this oh, show yeah. called Enlisted that I keep trying to tell everyone because it lasted like one season, which is really tragic, but it's like this military sitcom. And that sounds like a really tacky, bad idea, except they do it with so much heart. It kind of like, it has lots of flavor of like season one to three of community. It's really heartfelt and oh. genuinely hilarious at the same time. Um, also, as also there's a movie, uh, Arabian Nights. 
which, which I this, have seen, yes. and that was an impulse buy <laughs> at a DVD store. That it's was like closing it's literally down. like a telly movie, and it just accounts like that one thousand and one nights, and it's got like John Leguizamo as a genie. It's really bizarre, but it's actually really good. I remember taping it on TV. <laughs> it was played on TV, and I just watched it over and over and over and over again because actually it was like one of the best adaptations of the Arabian Nights entertainment um there's a movie called flypaper which i just went to josh to watch which is this bizarre it's like a heist movie that then turns into an agatha christie style who clue (laughs) yeah it it then turns into clue well clues on my list as well because no one knows the movie clue it it has multiple endings as well yes it's so good tim curry is is the butler it's just hilarious i love that when you play the dvd clue it gives you the option to have a random ending or have all the endings that's just brilliant i like it but only one of the endings really works on that one yeah but you know, Flypaper is like this heist movie turns into a whodunit where like, and it stars Patrick Dempsey and it's got like Octavia Spencer in a bit part and Patrick <laughs> Dempsey like becomes like the detective halfway through it, the neurotic weird <laughs> detective with like the ticks and the really cool brain. And then it morphs back into a heist movie. It's really good. It's written by the guys who wrote like The Hangover and Four Holidays, Four Christmases as it's known everywhere else. Um, and I've got a, uh, a little sci-fi movie called Coherence. Cool. Which is they filmed it on like no money in the director's house. The only famous person in it is Brendan, oh, the guy from Buffy who's been arrested for like a DUI a bunch of times. <laughs> Xander from I'm Buffy. sure that's what he wants Brendan to be Nic- known about. Nicholas, Nicholas Brendan, uh, right. that's his name. And he and it's this sci-fi movie about a bunch of people just having a dinner party, and then there's this weird like cosmological event that then like splits the dimensions, and it's the most oh. mind fuck of a story. It's phenomenal it's just shot really badly they shot it like five d's and it looks like ass but it's the story is so clever it's worth checking out it's called coherence so that's sort of my list of honorable mentions nice go to josh 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 i will go on the pattern going uh looking up okay um so uh, if i can list off the top of my head uh frozen by adam green that i'm trying to touch (laughs) on before sorry i'm back yeah uh, it's, that was a, a good love. It's, yeah. it's, that's the one where the, the three people are caught on. It's not yeah. the Disney movie. No, <laughs> it's, not, it's not the. It's the one where the three people are caught on a snow lift yes. for the whole movie, and then there's wolves. And I feel like it's a, it's kind of a disposable movie. Um, but I, I reckon it's it's, it's fun. a fun. It's, it's a fun it's little fun, it's fun little disposable movie. Um, a movie that I just remembered. Uh, I was just looking up. So please forgive me. But um, it's called The Invitation. That's on Netflix. The what? Oh, The Invitation. Karen oh. Kusama directed. Yes, thank yes. you. I she directed, she's a very famous director. She directed uh, uh, Aeon Flux, but she had studio interference. So right, she got, yeah. She got, um, she got the bad end of the stick. She's a really good director. So, yeah, it's kind of like I read a synopsis like, like while attending a dinner party a former ha- like at his former house, a man starts to beha- believe that his ex-wife and a new husband have a sinister plans for the guests. So... Basically, it's it's kind of like it's, it's like this weird like personal like it's like a kitchen sink drama turned into like a cult horror movie. Cult, yeah, it gets it's sweet. really clever. It twists really interestingly. Mm, yeah, Has a great yeah. ending too. Yeah, um, and I guess just because I kind of champion Max Landis, kind of American Ultra, I kind American of yeah, also got screwed over by its marketing because yeah, they, they, mar- they marketed it, it like a stoner comedy, and it's like a it small town be, drama. It was meant <laughs> yeah. to be well, it's meant to be like like a small town kind of like action thriller and they're like, oh, it's a stoner comedy because... Because there are stoners in it. Yeah, and they're like, why did you have Jesse Eisenberg and Christian Short? And he's like, because they're fucking good in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah. And that's probably it for me. What about you, Chandler? Okay, well, I'll start with Moonwalkers, written by Dean Craig, fantastic movie starring Ron Perlman and Rupert Grint. Um, then I'll, I'm going to plug uh, both Australians and The Killage. Oh. Uh, they are Brisbane-made uh, uh, Brisbane feature films. They are hilarious. They're brilliant. Um, Full disclosure, uh, we know the people who made them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're going uh, to do Hi, Reader f- and Joe. <laughs> to be fair, I, I, I didn't know about it. Uh, I didn't know them until after I watched them. Same. Oh, no, I guess I met you Rita. Knew, you, knew, you knew them before you watched Australians, but you'd seen The Killage before, hadn't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I met them at their Gold Coast premiere of The Killage. Oh, really? Wow, you've known them for a while. I've known them for a while. I just got wow. a message the other day. I've known them for like six years. But so The Killage oh, is like this, it's like they, they make these really great, like old school classic parody movies. The Killage yeah. is like the cabin in the woods, a bunch of people killed off one by one. Yeah, uh, it's really they have some really great gags in there. Uh, I think that's what that's where Joe really excels. It's just those gags. They they punch and they punch hard. The shadow across great. the doorway, one in the kitchen. Oh, oh that's yeah, so I good. Lost Killed my me. shit. Um, me. The yes. tum bit. The tongue, like tongue. yeah. Kissing. And, uh, Australians is about Australians. It's uh, we should clarify. It's alien. The aliens oh, yeah. part is spelt like UFO aliens, not so Australian. Australian. And it's basically a bunch of aliens attack Australia and it's hilarious. Yeah, and the reason they attack Australia is hilarious. Oh, it's, it's so good. Um, they, yeah, uh, just want to plug in because that, that's fantastic movies. And Both available also, on DVD. Yes. Also to plug uh, their web series. Uh, the, no, I haven't seen it. I it's was not coming out yet. They have, they, <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're older the web series. Yeah. So it's, that uh, would be like plugging our no, own sorry. stuff. sorry. You guys were in the web series. I wasn't able to make it, so I'm not plugging nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the other one, oh, there was another one. Oh, well, I'm going to go into this one. So this is the reason I know about Hercules Returns. Uh, in my teen years, I like to get weird on IMDb where I found this movie. It's got the longest movie in the world at the time. Sorry, the longest movie title in the world at the time. It was called Night of the Day of the Dawn of the Sun of the Bride of the Return oh, of the Revenge yeah. of the Terror of the Attack of the Evil Mutant Alien Flesh-Eating Hellbound Crawling Zombified Living Dead Part 2 in Shocking 2D. <laughs> now i remember you telling me about this one in high school yeah oh yeah so i so to get that movie at the time you, you had to it? like no uh i wasn't good i wasn't good enough to, so you had to get like a pirated uh uh vhs from them that they sent out to you the um, actual company okay. who made the movie yes uh, so it's very much like so Neil like Breen. Neil Breen, yeah. Um, but what the movie is, the movie is literally Night of the Living Dead completely dubbed over. And that's the entire movie. At the time when I got it, I ended up getting it from LimeWire. Whoa, oh remember LimeWire? Those were the days. So yeah, I had to get that movie online. Now you can find it on YouTube. Uh, and I watched it last night, and that's why it's in the honorable mentions, because it does not live up oh, to 14-year-old no. me. That's Title does. But yeah, no, it is It is really, really bad. There are a few jokes where I was like, huh, that was good. But then the rest of it was like, oh. Sounds like ugh. a Team Four Star like, thing with the do with like, anime and everything yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that was part of my honorable mentions because look it up. It's on YouTube, but... Uh, just to lower your expectations, because oh. I had high expectations. I was like, man, I remember so laughing like a so dishonorable mention? I guess there? so, yeah. yeah. Oh. Not enough people know about it, and they still shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so those are our, our greatest you've never heard of movies. Definitely check them out. 
Uh, what we're going to move on to now, we're going to end up every episode with a top five list. I know this episode seems very list heavy. It's very it's full of listicles. But um, we'll everyone loves five. a list. If you have a list in the I title, know, right? everyone will watch it. It's, it's all the clickbait. The clickbait. Yeah. It's what the Nine movies you've never heard of, plus a top five at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, the top five will do, we'll relate it to the topic. So, but like for this one, we'll do, you know, this is the best you've never heard of. So our top five will. Uh, contra- con- in contrast, it would be the top five from the biggest box office smash hits of all time. So, yeah. well, we went. I sent out a list: top fifty movies that have made like gazillions of dollars. Yep, and picking like the top, top two hundred and fifty, and like listening. To yeah, 50. well, I said to take it from the top fifty because yeah. I'm like. And she was like top twenty, and then I'm like, it's pretty much all Marvel movies and Harry Potter. I still make, it still is. Like, yeah. I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it still is. You extend. It. I realized I looked at the list, and like, this is a list that has Ice Age, Continental Drift. Yeah, question, on it. question, which Lord- is my number one. <laughs> oh, no. Question: Lord of the Rings trilogy is that one film or three films? I've got it on my list as 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 I, I well, I picked one, but then I. I my it's it's the, the trilogy is on the list. So I'll, I'll I'll list my top five, and I won't go into like too much. Today. So my number five is Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. I think it's the best one of the series. Uh, number four is I've got Return of the King, but Lord of the Rings in general. My actual I think the best one is the Two Towers. Yeah, but Return of the King kind of it was what it what it meant for cinema as far as like no one's done a series like that since. Um, number three is Titanic, which I nice. think is a great film. A lot of people hate on it. Now, because it's oh, it's Titanic, but retroactive hate like with Avatar, but Avatar's kind of more into See, yeah, Avatar's nothing. It's weird because like I hear a lot of the same stuff about Avatar that I hear about Titanic, but I still legitimately like Titanic. Titanic yeah, is a better same. movie, yeah. I think. It's mm. just a much better story. But um, and then my number two is Jurassic Park. Nice, Steven Spielberg. I mean, that's just one of the great action, big budget movies of all time. And then yep. my number one is The Dark Knight. Please. I feel like that doesn't need any explanation no. at this point. You either no. like it or you don't, and if yeah. you don't, you're wrong. Now, I was going to say people <laughs> don't like it. What's wrong with them? It's it's that it's it's the contrarian thing. Ugh. They just they don't want to like it because everyone else likes it. Fair enough. I so guess. what about you? Go to Josh. Okay, Josh. We'll go to Josh. <laughs> I should be upset then. <laughs> it's like, you, like I was, we started off introducing this way and then you decided to go yeah. to Josh first. Now I'm like, you know what? I'm Change always going to be last. Order. Fuck you. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm going to go for my number one is Jurassic Park. I believe it's a classic, really dear to my heart. Always remember rewatching it and rewinding, recording it off the, the, TV. the TV. Yeah. And <laughs> Good um, did you ever pause it to get rid of the ads? And so there'd be these weird gaps. No, I wasn't that smart. I was <laughs> just like, I was fast forward for the ads, but a lot of the ads were like, at the time were like Bionicle ads, and I was like, invested in those. So oh. I was like, Yeah, that's understandable. They um, had great stories. <laughs> the Mask of Light, man. The Mask oh, of the Light mask is amazing. <laughs> and The Mask of Light is our final movie that you haven't heard yeah, of. Yeah, we haven't heard Bion- It's a Lego movie and it was a Lego movie before More the Lego. Lego movie. Dude, they surf on lava. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was boss. Um, I guess my second is The Lord of the Rings trilogy because what I'm doing is one massive epic movie. Thank you, Peter Jackson. I love you. Um, though if I had to really pick, it would be Two Towers first and then Fellowship and then Return. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, because I really like Fellowship. Everyone's like, we can, you can skip that one. I'm just like, no. You can't skip Fellowship. Then it you wouldn't know what's tone. going it on. set the tone. Yeah. Um, I guess my third one, I'm kind of like, because I was going through this list, and I was like, oh, same, same shit. So, um, but I will put uh, The Dark Knight once again. No, Very nice. No explanation. Uh, fourth is Skyfall, because I reckon oh, that. So good. Um, so good. I do like Casino Royale better, but. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Um, but Skyfall was kind of like more like Spectre kind of went like like retreaded back what they wanted Bond to be. But I was like Skyfall kind of like perfectly. Skyfall had a nice balance of new and old, Mm. whereas Spectre can suck a dick. (laughs) Yeah, Spectre was a tentacle porn. Just yeah, Yeah. that was the best part of the movie. I was like, yay, tentacle porn. This is something different than everything else. It was tentacle porn and Sam Smith. Oh, good point. That's not so a good it combo. just it, 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 ne- it negates it. Yeah, um, and then and then again, I guess five like with a list with like Finding Nemo and Titanic and all. That. I'm just gonna put Iron Man three because oh, is Iron Man? Th- oh, yeah, Iron Man three. Because fuck, fuck your Iron Man three, Shane Black man. Come on, yeah, yeah. I like that twist. Um, the movie shouldn't be the same as the I comic book. I still think it's so. the best Marvel movie yeah, yeah, so yeah. like ever made. Yeah, see, as far as like standalone i think iron man 3 is the best it, it stands by itself it's a movie it's not a the setup un, for the a bunch un, of the unfortunate things. thing is cuz the it's camera fighting like what yeah. treat it as a television series as a machine that is a universe everything following after iron man 3 kind of like Ignores negates it, it negates oh, it's like damn. ungiving up being iron man is like nope not anymore yeah <laughs> everyone like complains about iron man 3 because they're like oh he gave it up at the end but avenge of age of ultron he's back in it that's ultron's fault okay yeah, that is not so, iron man yeah, 3 fault exactly. iron man 3 he had a fucking arc he was a character and he fucking living this. they could have done that they could have easily fixed for that was because he had the same ideas he wanted to protect the world still but he should have not been iron man but he still wanted to protect the world that's yeah. why he made ultron that's why that's Easy. why he made ultron so, that's why he so, had drones so, had it set up why they put him in a fucking suit. <laughs> take him out of the opening okay. sequence and everything. Yeah. Chance to your top five. All right, so my number five was Iron Man 3 mm-hmm. uh, awesome. for reasons that I've already explained. Uh, number four is going to be Star Wars The Force Awakens because mm. fuck y'all, I love that. It was, no, it was no, no, I, I love that, that movie. I mean, we all agree. We all agree that it was good, but I... Just, just fuck you, right? Yeah, just, I, I just like saying fuck you to you guys. Um, number three is going to have to go to The Lion King. I yeah. just love The Lion yeah, King. That, I, I honestly did not realize it was in the top 50. Oh, top it, it is. Yeah, yeah. It is. yeah, it is. Everyone loves The Lion King. I was, I was on Aladdin, man. Like, no, I nah, agree. Aladdin yeah. is better, yeah. but Aladdin's not on the top 50. Hey, they had a Lion King slash Lion King 2. Like, Lion King 2 was good. <laughs> Lion King 2 was Romeo and Juliet. We should do it. We should, yeah, it was. We should yeah. do a whole... Like, is, does that mean Lion King 3 was one of the other... Uh, it was Lion King 3 was, was like, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern is dead. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because it's Timon and Pumbaa. We should do a whole yeah. episode on just the Disney sequels. Like, just the Disney this sequels. This is not the theatrical director ones. Video stuff, everyone talks yeah. about the main ones. Let's talk about the director video yep. Disney sequels. Um, um, is that, is that- no, number two is uh, Titanic. Because yes. love it. I cry Jimmy, every Jimmy time. As soon as, as soon as the music starts, like I start tearing up and I don't know yeah. why. It's, it's one of the very few movies that is worth the running time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, and number one is Zootopia. I don't know what really? it is about yeah. that movie. I just really? love it. I, yeah. I liked no. it, but God. It, it did not connect I, at all for me. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. Oh, really? well, get out, Chance, to your fire. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to talk to you guys anymore. Oh, you can okay. have a new host next week. So that's our top five. And we'll relate the top five to the topics or whatever we do next week. I think we're looking at some interesting topics over the next couple yeah. of episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is it for our very first episode. Ahoy. We did it, guys. There's, we did it. We did a lot it. Of, we, yeah. we, we, we fluffed about a yeah, whole bunch, we, but we got there. We yeah. did. There's Zane, our producer's just shaking his head. He's just like, <laughs> He's like oh. I'm going to cut that and I'm going to cut that. It's just like two seconds long. It's like, hi, hi, hi. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> <at the end. laughs> Um, well, thank you for listening. If you have stuck around with us for this long, uh, don't forget to subscribe. And you can follow us on Facebook at 
at Motion Picture Rangers. I think you can look it up there, or just the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. Yeah. Uh, we're also on Twitter at, at Picture, Picture Rangers. Rangers. Because Twitter does not give you enough characters for a username. Um, for <laughs> updates, we the future we'll probably have like some competitions or something. We'll try and hook up like free movie tickets and things. So stay tuned. We'll have news, and you can also just yell at us online uh, and tell us how wrong we are in our opinions. Yeah. You can tell us how Iron Man Three is not a good movie, but we will tell you how you're wrong. You are. Yeah, yeah. Um, we will fight that. Don't be scared. Or you can email us at motionpicturerangers at gmail.com with questions or suggestions. We openly welcome some input. Ooh, we have an email. Out of the show. We do have an email address. Uh, we do not have a secretary to answer it, so it'll just be one of us. Most likely Shane, because I'm pretty sure you're the only one who has a password right now. Yeah. I gave you both the password. Oh, I don't read your messages. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and if you like this podcast, feel free to check out some of the other awesome shows at That's Not Canon Productions, including the movie review podcast Second Take. Uh, and for musical theatre nerds, there's Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know. And they have some D&D podcasts such as Law and Disorder and Goodberry Smoothies and many more podcasts available at That's Not Canon Productions.com. Also available on iTunes and Stitcher. Hashtag make my podcasts grow. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Josh and Chancellor for being on here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Shane. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Chancellor. Thank you, Josh. Thank you to producer Zane. And also thank you to Nathan Irwin who did our amazing intro music. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. We're not going to see anyone. The podcast. (laughs) I'm blind. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.